and welcome to the Destiny Prague podcast. Our heart is to see people empowered by the love of Jesus and activated by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Word of God is still relevant today, and we trust that this message will bless you, challenge you, and fill your heart and mind with the truth of who God is and who you are in Christ. We believe that God has a plan for your life, and we want to journey a road of discipleship with you as you discover who He has called you to be. If you'd like to connect with us, check out our website at destinychurch.cz. Let's go. Excited to be preaching again. Um, I haven't preached in a long time, mostly because of the fantastic people I had around me who were carrying the preaching forth so that I would not throw up while preaching because I'm with child. So I praise God, I'm feeling better. I'm excited to be bringing the word this morning and continuing our series on do good. Okay. If you've missed it, you can go catch up on our podcast. Uh, Donovan preached part one, do good um, and be like Jesus. Then Delara preached part two, which was cast your nets. And this is actually a series we are doing as Destiny Europe, partially because we want to encourage you guys and remind you that your faith alone is great, but faith requires action right? What we believe requires action. So what we wanted to do as Destiny Europe is that we spent time praying during the month of September into what we believed God was calling us to as a region, which is currently Czech Republic, Germany. We have five locations and we were praying into what does that look like? What do we feel like God's saying to us? So each of us sort of came up with almost like a prophetic picture or a calling out to us as churches. So what God was speaking to me about was from Zephaniah, not Zechariah, Zephaniah 3 verse 9, which I'm going to be reading to you guys in a second. And we're just excited really for what the new year is going to hold. Um, I know some of you think new year starts in September. It doesn't. It's in January. I know Europe seems to think everything starts in September. It doesn't, right? January is when the new year starts. But let's pray for a second. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we can come this morning and that we can receive the word that you are speaking to us, not just receive it, but Lord, we pray that it changes something in us. We thank you, Lord, that a promise that you give us, Lord, is that your word will never come back without achieving what it set out to do. So Lord, I pray this morning as we preach on being the hands and feet of Jesus, Lord, as we preach on being in unity as a church, Lord, that that would happen, Lord, that it would not just be something we hope for or that we can wish for, Lord, but that it will be action, Lord. So, Lord, we just, we just answer the call this morning, Lord, this call to action to do good. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So, quick recap. Acts 10, verse 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him, with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We've been reading the scripture every single Sunday for the past couple of weeks. Two things I want to quickly point out from that scripture. First of all, it says that you know Jesus of Nazareth. Well, now when reading that, it points to one thing. It reminds us that Jesus was a man. He was Louise of Germany, Audrey of Costa Rica, Michal of, no, I know, it's just, 
I just feel like different like regions of the Czech Republic bring out like different kinds of people, you know. So Czech. No, I'm just kidding. But really, but really it is showing that he was Jesus of Nazareth, right? He was a man. He was just like us. He was here and he was chosen and appointed to do good. Just like all of us have been chosen and appointed to do good. It says here, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Do you know that you have been anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power? Do you know that? Because it wasn't just Jesus, right? He gave us the gift. When he, when he went, he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to us, to rest on us, to empower us as well. Then it says here, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So Jesus was not so heavenly minded that he forgot about the practical needs of the people and doing good. It's easy to sit here and be so, yes, Lord, we want people to know you. And then we don't practically outwork that in doing good for those around us, within our communities, within our churches, within our families. A continuation of that, James 2, verse 14 to 17. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Does your faith produce good deeds? That's a question you have to ask for yourself. Not does your faith make you a good person. That's not what I'm asking. Does your faith produce good deeds? Right. I'm going to read Zephaniah 3 from verse 9 to 17, and that's what I'm going to be preaching on this morning. And then I'll give you a quick little summary before we get into the scripture. So this is what I felt God was saying to us in terms of doing good. Because I feel like as Donovan spoke about do good, be like Jesus, we, we see how Jesus was a man and how he still went around meeting the practical needs of people. Then Delara last week was speaking about cast your nets, right? Not waiting on the shore with your giftings and your talents, but actually picking up your nets, going out and doing something with what you have inside of you. And then what I want to touch on today is what I felt God was saying was that we disqualify ourselves before we even get busy. I feel like some of us just get caught up in shame. We call on fear instead of calling on the name of God. We come up with every single excuse. Our language is that of excuses and circumstances rather than that of opportunity and faith. So God spoke to me about Zephaniah 3. And he says here, Then I will purify the lips of the people that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. Say shoulder to shoulder. There we go. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshipers, my scattered people will bring me offerings. On that day, you, Jerusalem, will not be put to shame for all the wrongs that you have done to me because I will remove from you the arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek, and the humble. The remnant of Israel will trust in the name of the Lord. 
They will do no wrong. They will tell no lies. A deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down and no one will make them afraid. From verse 16, on that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. So what is the scripture saying here? God is speaking to his people and he's saying, I'm going to purify your language. I'm going to purify the way you speak about yourself, about the kingdom opportunities that are available to you. I'm going to purify the way you speak about the church. I'm going to purify the way you speak about the potential that is in the people around you, that you're standing shoulder to shoulder with. He's saying, I'm going to reposition you. I'm going to align you for the assignment I have for you. I'm going to remove your shame. I'm going to shift your faith from a self-faith to a, oh, I, I don't know if I can do this, to a God faith. Where I don't know I can do this, but my God sure can. He's saying, I want to change your language, your tone. I want to call you to action. I want you to be on the offensive, right? I don't want you to be laying back, hoping for the best, hoping Pastor Jess does something. He's calling all of us to action. And where is he calling us to? Shoulder to shoulder with one another. Because more of us can carry more weight than one of us alone. And lastly, he wants to give you a fresh revelation of who he is inside of you. Amen? So, firstly, I want to touch on just three points from that. God wants to give us a new language of faith and not fear. I'll touch there just on the first part of that, Zephaniah 3 verse 9. Then I will purify the lips of the peoples, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord. God is calling us. I felt this so strongly in September. God is calling us to change our language and our tone from something that is weary and stale to a language that is zealous, fresh, and filled with faith. We want to allow God, just as the scripture says, he will purify your lips. We want him to purify our lips and our speech so that what we say is no longer just about criticism, circumstances, cursing situations, and excuses, but instead our language is to use to call on the name of the Lord who is victorious. And that is challenging. That is challenging, guys. How much of us holding back from fully doing good, from fully serving God's purposes for us in the church, in the community, in our workplace, in our families, is not because we lack skills or capabilities, but more because our language lacks faith. I want to read something here in Matthew 21. Jesus curses a fig tree who's not bearing fruit. In the morning as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. And he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, 
you will receive it. Let me tell you something. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. This is not some feel-good encouragement to speak better and to speak more positively and all these sort of self-help things we see on social media where it's like, just speak better about things. No, this is understanding that you speak life into situations or you speak death into situations. You speak life into the potential that is inside of you or you speak death into it. You speak life into opportunities and calling on your life or you speak death into it. That is what Jesus is saying here. If you have faith and don't doubt. Faith is not seeing things in front of us. It's knowing and being assured that what we hope for will come to pass. Not because we hope really well, but because God is victorious and he cannot fail. Do you know that? That he cannot fail? That the words spoken over your life cannot fail? His word cannot return void. That's what the scripture tells us. That means that if there are things inside of you, if there are callings inside of you, they cannot fail. But you can suppress them for a really long time. Let me tell you something. My dad planted a church 25 years ago. 25 years ago, he was actually a policeman. And about a year into pastoring the church, God spoke to him and said, you are not the person I called to plant this church. He said, there were two other people that I asked to plant this church before you. You were the first one who said yes. Let me tell you something. God's purposes and plans are going to prevail. And you want to be a part of it. Don't hold back. Don't disqualify yourself by your speech and the way you think about yourself and the way you see yourself. Pray, say, God, give me eyes to see myself the way you do. God, give me eyes to see my potential the way you do. God, give me eyes to see my skills the way you do. We need to change our perspective from a worldly perspective of just disqualifying ourselves or hoping somebody else does it to know I, I could probably do this. No, I actually, I can do this. Well, maybe I can't, but there's a God in me who can. That is what we have. That is our unfair disadvantage over the world is faith. But we leave faith to the moment when we said yes to Jesus. And then we never come back to it. The Lord has challenged me for the past year on the topic of faith. Because I kept associating it just with saying, yes, no, my faith is if I believe in Jesus. No, my faith is the very lens through which I live my life and make every decision. Uh, by faith, I mother my children. By faith, I stay married to my husband. By faith, I lead this church. By faith, I do things that I should never have been able to do. It's not because I know I can do it. Philip isn't here this morning. Philip, two weeks ago, he came up to me and he's like, Jess, like, tell me your testimony. I'm like, nobody's ever asked me that in like years. I'm like, ooh. And my testimony is kind of one of those where I'm like, I grew up in the church. And like, I've always loved Jesus, so I don't know, like, I didn't do drugs. Like, I didn't, didn't sleep around. Like, I thought maybe one day if I do something really bad, then like, and have a comeback story that'll help. But anyway, so I was, and Philip, if you haven't asked Philip for his testimony, it is wild. Like, can't beat Philip's testimony. And he's like sitting next to this church girl asking her what's her testimony. So I'm like, honestly, Philip, this is something I have prayed about for a long time. My testimony is, I like to do things 
by myself in my own strength because I'm pretty capable. But my, my testimony, my testimony is that I've noticed that the less capable I am, the more glory God is receiving in situations. So now I'm like, the safest thing for me to do with my life is to do things that terrify me because then I know I'm more reliant on God. Can I pastor a church? No. But God in me can equip me with every good thing that I need to take care of his people. Can I mother this third child? Lord, I don't know. But by faith, he will give me the strength and sleep to get through it. God wants to give us a new language of faith and not fear. And that new language of faith, when we begin to speak better about ourselves, some of us need to speak out the callings that you have in you. Some of you have things inside of you that you've never told somebody. You have a desire inside of you for a movement or a group that you want to start or an initiative that you want to kick off. Some of you have a gifting to play music and you've just never told anybody, not you, Audrey, other people in this church. Some of you have a deep love for kids and you've never told anyone. But there are things inside of you and with this new language of faith and actually speaking out, because that's a good place to start, begin to speak out the calling that you have inside of you and change the narrative. Change the, you know what? I really like doing X, Y, Z, but I've never done it before and I probably need some help in this area, right? We're speaking by faith. We're, we're declaring things. And because we begin to do that, as we all begin to do what happens, we begin to get ourselves positioned and aligned shoulder to shoulder to shoulder, right? Moving on to the second part that I wanted to speak of. God is calling us to serve him shoulder to shoulder. Zephaniah 3 verse 9. That scripture continues. It says, I will purify the lips of the people and all of them may call on the Lord. Then it says, and serve him shoulder to shoulder. What does the Bible teach us about collaboration? This could have been like 30 different scriptures. I sum summarized it to five. Let me just read out four of them. The Bible says here in Deuteronomy 32 verse 30, one man can be set to a thousand, but two can be set to 10,000. It's God math. One man can be set to a thousand, but two can be set to 10,000. Romans 12, we all have a different part to play within the body of Christ. Ephesians 4 verse 16, and when you play your part, the church is built up. And I'm not talking about destiny church is built up. Yes, we are part of the church, but we're talking about the church of Christ, his kingdom here on earth is built up and it, it is established and it expands. That's what it's speaking about, right? When we all stand shoulder to shoulder, what happens? Kingdom expansion. And that's our ultimate goal here on earth to see his kingdom rule and reign in every single area. Mark 6 verse 7, God called 12 people but he sent them out two by two. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to 8, one of my favorite scriptures. This is Paul speaking. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. 
It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own. If you leave with one thing today, leave with this, collaboration over isolation. We need to be working together. It is not about who does what or what it looks like. It's that we are serving one kingdom purpose here on earth. Maybe you have identified a need within a community, within the city, within your workplace, within your school, anywhere. You've identified a need, but you have no idea how to get started. Maybe you know for a fact and you are more self-aware than other people and you just know, I am so good at ideas, but so terrible at execution, right? Maybe you should start by identifying who God has placed around you to stand shoulder to shoulder with to help you pursue the purpose that is on your heart. Maybe some of you have the gift of administration, right? You're just brilliant at spreadsheets and diagrams and and this is the plan of action. And maybe you need to find somebody who says, I've got this great idea and I have no idea where to start. It's, those th- sense, it's that sense of collaboration that's going to move things forward, right? But we get so caught up in who's going to do what. And we forget that it doesn't matter who does what. It's that the kingdom is expanded, right? He is the God of multiplication. And he's looking for people to bring what they have and to work with it and multiply it. Yesterday, I was at a, um, there was a Jesus March, for those who don't know who, did anybody attend the Jesus March? I know Winnie had a, a sign. Yeah, Pessy was there, Audrey, there, James, Alexis was also there. So there was a Jesus March yesterday where they marched through the city. Um, it was snowing and my, I had my kids alone, so I just joined at the final point, which is at Bethlehem Chapel. And they had, I was sitting next to Gina and I was saying to her, In the six years that I've lived here, I have never seen so many Christian believers in one room. I arrived after awakening, right? When when awakening happened in 2017. Yeah, so I wasn't here for that. So maybe this is why this was so special for me. But to be in a room like that with hundreds of Czech believers around one purpose was powerful. And they called up different pastors from different cities, um, four different cities. I can't remember them offhand. And each pastor who came up, the first thing that they said was, two years ago, we couldn't get the churches to come together in our city. And now our churches are willing to come together and work together. And now we're seeing revival and awakening sweep this nation because all of a sudden people are not worried about who's doing this and what church has that and what church is doing this. It's saying, no, the common purpose is that God's name is glorified in this nation. So we're going to step up shoulder to shoulder and we're going to see things change. That is what was significant about yesterday. Also the music. It was very cool. It was like the happiest Czech music I've ever heard in my life. Really, it was really, really fantastic. They were rapping, then there were flags. It was, it was fantastic. But I want to say something as well that I thought was very interesting yesterday. When they had the organizer on stage, the worship team was on stage, all these different pastors were on stage. It reminded me very much that God is a generational God. 
and he works in generations, and for each generation, he has a specific call and mandate. And there is a specific call and mandate for your generation that only you can fulfill. There was a generation, I'm not speaking specifically about Czech Republic, even in South Africa where I'm from. There's a generation of older church leaders and pastors who resent working together because it's all about sheep stealing and who's doing this in that church. And, you know, even as, I'm, yeah. But I'm seeing in this new generation coming through of church leaders, it's like we can't imagine not working together. That's the whole point, even for me. My heart is to work together with other churches, with other pastors. It's the most beautiful thing to me. Because I'm like, yeah, we can do a lot when it's just me. But imagine when I have five people to my left and five people to my right, how much more weight we can carry, how much more we can get done, how much more ground we can cover. God wants to position us shoulder to shoulder. Maybe you're feeling disqualified because you feel like you just have this one little thing to bring. Maybe you need to be positioned better to know how valuable that little thing is that you're willing to bring. Thirdly, God is cautioning us to not trust in our human effort and abilities. Zephaniah 3, verse 11 to 12. On that day, Jerusalem will not be put to shame for all the wrongs you have done to me because I will remove from you the arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill but I will leave within you the meek and the humble. The remnant of Israel will trust in the name of the Lord. What is it saying there? God will remove the arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill. He's going to take you from a place of saying, yes, it is about me. It is about everything I can contribute. And he's going to move it to a place of humility where it's like, I'm just going to bring my offering. And God, I'm going to allow you to Rest your hand on multiplication on it. Some of us, you always think when it speaks about boasters or proud people, you think it's the people up here in the front leading worship saying like, it's all about me. No, if you are carrying in your heart the sense of, yeah, I have something to bring, but like, it's just not the right time. That is as bad. That is as convicting. Where you're glorifying what you are able or not able to contribute over the importance of where you're going to be contributing it. And God's saying, I want to humble you. This isn't just about one person or one group or one church doing something. This is about every part of the body taking up their place. And as we all begin to take up our God-given positions, we begin to bear more weight. But what is God saying? Yeah, there's a cautioning. He's saying it matters where you are positioned. I want to tell you something. In the past two years, I have experienced the grace of God in every area of my life in the most tangible way in my life, in my 32 years of life. The past two years have just been tangible. It, the grace in my life to do what I am doing and to carry what I'm carrying and to, to get through what I am going through is so tangible that I have just been so afraid to step out of it. Because when you are in alignment with God and his plans and purposes for you, the grace and provision and favor on you is so undeniable that it keeps you. Let me tell you something. You might prefer to do something else. You might prefer to not get involved. You might prefer 
to rather just chill at home on the weekends. But there is a grace waiting for you when you align yourself with the assignment that he has for you. It is so sweet and it is so good. And there is nowhere else I would rather be. You can pick something that's more convenient. You can choose a life that's more convenient. But don't pick something that lacks the call of God. Surrender your gifts, your time, your ability to the will of God. If God gave us everything in his son, Jesus, how could we hold anything back from him? Jesus gave everything. He gave his life. We cannot be picky and choosy when we decide what we'd like to give to him. Amen? So after all of this, the three things I've spoken about now, that God wants to give us a new language of faith, not fear. That God is calling us to serve him shoulder to shoulder. That God is cautioning us to not trust in our human efforts and abilities or maybe what's more convenient for us. There's a call to action as the scripture continues from verse 16. And he says two things. Don't let your hands hang limp and be conquered by a victorious God. He says those two things. Zephaniah 3 verse 16 to 17. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. Don't be weary, church. Don't be weary in doing good. Don't be paralyzed by fear. Don't be paralyzed by circumstances. Don't be a victim of your season. Don't be a victim of your financial situation. Don't be conquered by fear. Be conquered by a victorious God. We can mask fear of failure or shame with excuses like, I'm waiting for my kids to get older. Or I'm waiting for work just to calm down a little bit. Like maybe when summer comes, I'll get more involved. Or I'm waiting till I have more disposable income before I start to take care of those around me. And instead of glorifying and acknowledging the God who is able inside of us, we begin to glorify the circumstances and the seasons and the situations and the reasons. It's that old stale language that I was speaking about, right? But the truth is, what has he given you in your hands right now? Because God math in Deuteronomy 32 verse 30 tells me that he can do a lot. Not just double what you have. He can multiply it. You might have one hour a week. Let him have it. You may have one Sunday a month. Let him have it. You may have an extra 50 crowns a month. Let him have it. Don't hold anything back. Don't let your hands hang limp. Call on the name of the Lord. Do not call on your fears. Do not call on your circumstances. Do not call on your reasons. Call on the name of the Lord. Can I have the worship team up? You know, before we moved to Czech Republic, as I said earlier, my dad was a, is a pastor, and we were in his church for 17 years. I was 10 when he planted the church. And beautiful thing about South Africa is that 
it's just you go to one church and you kind of just stay there for a really long time. So in the 17 years, I got to see many, many people come in as young, you know, I was only 10 at the time, but come in as young teenagers and then you see them get married and then you see them having kids and then their kids start going to high school. It's a really beautiful thing. You just see families grow up, you see people grow up and you hear all sorts of excuses as to what people are waiting on before they do good before they actually respond to the call to action. I've seen it all. I've witnessed it. That was the most beautiful part of my life is I got to witness just people, how they responded to the call of God, how some of them didn't because they glorified circumstances. And just in 17 years, leaving South Africa and moving here and just realizing that there were people that in 17 years never moved from the chair that they sat in. They never did more than the, you know, standing at the door once a month saying, hi. There is a well of potential and calling inside of you. There is something inside of you that only you can fulfill. In this church, in your family, in the city, don't hold back. You want to know if somebody, if you had to ask me now, what has been the hardest part of our pastoring at church? I'll tell you it's that I have a heart of a pastor, so I love people dearly, but I also have a very prophetic gifting. So for me, it's that prophetically, I feel like I can see what is ahead for people. I feel like God speaks to me about the potential and the calling on their lives. But with that, my gift of pastoring, I can't just say like, oh, Tatiana, I see it now. You're going to be a pastor in 20 years. Let's go. You're going to be my assistant pastor right now. I can't do that. I have to gently pastor her and love her and let God take her on a journey, right? But you need to be moving forward in the things that God has for you. If you're finishing this year in the same place that you started this year, something tells me you need to jump in. You need to get busy. You got to start doing good. Or you got to find somebody to stand shoulder to shoulder with and get busy together doing good. Not just in a heavenly sense, not just praying for people, but doing good. Loving people, serving people, meeting practical needs of people. Can we stand? I'd love to pray for us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything we need for godly living. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us your life, Jesus, as an example. That your very hands and your feet and the way you loved people, the way you served people, the way you led people is the most beautiful example we could ever ask for. And Lord, I want to pray for every person in this room this morning. I want to pray for every person who's watching the stream, who's listening to this podcast, Lord. Lord, and I want to call out the giftings in them. I want to say, wake up, wake up. To those who are burdened by circumstances, 
and reasons and excuses and seasonal heaviness. We just want to cast that off. We want to get rid of that in Jesus' name. But we want to say, Lord, we want to awaken to your call on our lives to do good. Lord, awaken us to the call on our lives to reposition, to stand shoulder to shoulder. Lord, I want to pray for every person in this room, Lord, that you would give us a fresh language. Lord, we cast off the stale, disqualifying tone that we sometimes use towards ourselves, towards those around us, towards situations or opportunities. And we want to say, Lord, give us a fresh language of faith. Give us fresh faith in this room, Lord. Lord, I speak boldness over this room, Lord. Boldness to come out and say, I have an idea or I see a need. Lord, I want to pray for a sound mind. Lord, for anybody who's feeling overwhelmed by fear. Anybody who's feeling overcome. Who's feeling a a fear of failure. Who's feeling shame. Because they tried before and it just failed. didn't work out the way they thought. We thank you, Lord, that even though there are things inside of us who some of us thought were dead, thank you, Lord, that you are in the business of restoration and resurrection. So, Lord, I want to speak resurrection over the dreams and the giftings and the callings in this room this morning in Jesus' name. We pray for your resurrection power to revive those things, Lord. May we be a church on fire. Lord, as the Psalms say, Lord, zeal for your house consumes me, Lord. Lord, I want to pray for a fresh zeal, a fresh energy, Lord, to see your plans and your purposes prevail. It doesn't matter if it's this person or that person, Lord. Show us where we fit in. Show us, Lord, where to stand. Show us where to align ourselves. Let the flame not grow dim in our hearts it's easy to come to these moments and it's exciting and it's prayer and it's yes lord yes lord and a couple of days from now our hearts grow weary and we grow tired and there's another exam on the way there's another work crisis another kid is sick oh lord just keep fanning into flame keep fanning into flame a desire to pursue your kingdom purposes, a desire to be used by you. We want to be used by you. We want our faith to produce good deeds. Just release, Lord. Just release for anybody who's feeling held captive, Lord. Who's feeling like they just can't take that step forward, Lord. We just speak freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in their minds. Freedom in their hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that all we need is in you. All we need is in you, Jesus. We don't need fancy qualifications. We don't need a theology degree before we go and love somebody on the street. 
we don't need a degree in hospitality to start helping out with those who are new on a Sunday. We don't need to be qualified cooks to make sandwiches for the hungry on the weekends. Everything we need is in you. Thank you for your grace, Jesus. Thank you for your enabling power. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit that rests on us, that empowers us to do your work. In Jesus' name.